Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and this week, joining me in the monkey house is comedian and returning guest, Dave Warnicky. Welcome, Dave. Great to be back in the monkey house. Yeah, it's good to have you in here. How are you feeling? Chimpy? <laughs> I'm feeling chimpy. I'm, uh, you know, chippy. I'm up and about. I think there's a little bit of a gap since the last episode. I think you were might, maybe were even on the last episode of Primates. Would you refer to me as the carryover champ? You are the carryover champ for sure. But you uh, you inspired me to, to get back into the monkey house because you, you and I recorded an episode of Book Cheat. Book Cheat even just before. Mm. Book Teat. That's a spin-off that hasn't... <laughs> You haven't started releasing that I've, one yet, uh, have you? I've uh, milked the cow so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, what, so our, our last episode was about uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yes, that was also a, a book cheat crossover, which is what this is, because I've just told you all about the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was confusing. I thought you were telling me about the ledger, legend of Bagger Vance, <laughs> which I don't even really know what it is, but I think that was a movie in the 90s or something. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's about a golf caddy, maybe. The legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, I thought you said the legend of Bag of Ants. <laughs> What does now are you like? Oh, now I know. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes, Bag of Ants. Bag of Ants. Yes, one of my favorite f- movies. A film from the year two thousand with Will Smith and Matt Damon and Charlize Theron. Bloody hell, powerful cast. A down and out golfer attempts to recover his game and his life with help from a mystical caddy. No, <laughs> a mystical caddy. Is that true? Now I have heard it all. Let me see. Oh, okay, budget. Did you see this? No. Eighty million. What do you think it took into the box office? Oh, three hundred mil. Thirty-nine. Wow. Sorry, bag of ants. Three absolute A-listers. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big loss. Sorry to say. And I think that ruined the golf film market for decades. Wow. And do you know who directed it? Uh, Tom J- Johnson. Robert. Dow. Redford. Redford. Is Robert there a, Red, is Red, there a Robert Dow? Robert Redford, of course. Amazing. A handsome man. I bet it was a handsome film. Oh, yes. It would have looked fantastic. But we're not talking about any of that today. If you do uh, have any interest in the story of the legend of Bagger Vance, this is not the podcast for you. But if you do have any interest in the book, The Legend of... Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow, that's right, by then Washington Irving. Go uh, listen to the book cheat, which also came out today now, and, and then you can listen to this. Or, you know, don't. Do it in the other order if you want. Yeah. I'm not your dad. <laughs> Are you not my dad? I'm not your dad. I cannot stress this enough, and I will not say it again. You've said it so much, it's getting suspicious. <laughs> ah, doth protest too much. <laughs> dad protests too much. <laughs> so, this week, we're actually talking about Filmation's The Ghostbusters. So, I've been looking for... It's taken me a, a little bit, probably about two hours to find a chimpy or apey or... I'm looking at... I'm using all these search terms, monkey and 
The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and I finally found one, and it's an episode of the Ghostbusters. Right, because it's been referenced, adapted in like dozens of bits of media. Like so, so many, many. yeah, it's amazing. There's TV shows based on it. There's uh, movies, multiple movies based on it, but there's also numerous episodes, single episodes that at least pay homage mm, or or fantastic. even just directly reference the story. But yeah, this episode we're going to talk about is the Headless Horseman Caper. So I don't know if you if you don't know the legend of Sleepy Hollow, it is all about a headless horseman. Mm. Maybe the most famous of all the headless horsemen. Yeah, I put him up there. He's up there. Yeah, top three. Top three. Yep. Um, but I think because I didn't know the show at all. Did you know the show at all before we got into it? No, no, I had no idea about it. I think that I'd heard that there's some sort of controversy about different different Ghostbusters but I had no idea about the details of it and then the show came on if they didn't say the word Ghostbusters about 85 times in it (laughs) which I think was definitely their marketing tactic I would have been none the wiser that that's what it was yeah yeah I think that's fair Um, so I think we'll talk a bit about it before we get into the episode specifically this topic firstly has been suggested by listeners Adam King from Brooklyn and Gordon Rodseth from Johannesburg in South Africa beautiful uh, so, yeah, this show that we're talking about is not at all related to the famous movie starring Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. It's actually based on an older TV show from the 70s uh, and is actually a, a, a sequel to it. Right, but, and the 70s show is also called Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, that's right. So, that's why they had the rights to this name and the new Ghostbusters film. They were obviously locked into that name for some reason. I yeah, think what? they had a second option, but they really wanted this one. So, they ended up having to pay for the rights. To wow. use the name. So funny. There's yeah. so like, ghost fighters, ghost hunters. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it matters that much. Yeah. Like, it, another name might sound silly now, but it wouldn't have if it was attached to the movie. For know? sure. It doesn't even really make sense to me, you know, ghost, you're busting the ghost? Wouldn't it be ghost catchers or something? Yeah, do they bust, and do they surprise them? Do they yeah. arrest them? What do they do? Yeah, they suck them up into those things. Ghost suckers. Ghost suckers, that's what I would have been called. <laughs> Ghost pacifiers. (laughs) According to Wiki, yeah, it's a a sequel to the Filmation's uh, 1975 live action television show called The Ghostbusters. Not to be confused, of course, with Columbia Pictures 1984 film. Uh, And and the film also had its own cartoon spin-off called The Real Ghostbusters. They obviously had to put the real in there to... Stop confusion. Which is what people do on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. taking their handle. Uh, so, <laughs> the real Ghostbusters, which was also a cartoon, was launched only five days after this version of the Ghostbusters that we saw. Oh. So, the movie began, was a big hit, and then they, the, the, they both sort of wanted to cash in on it a bit. And amazingly, yeah, just five days apart. According to an article on cartoonresearch.com, The 80s Ghostbusters film was a huge hit, so naturally there were efforts to produce related items for the franchise, including an animated television series. However, Filmation held the rights to the Ghostbusters name because of its previous live-action show, so to take advantage of the success of the film, they made their own animated series in 1986 featuring Jake Kong Jr. and Eddie Spencer Jr., the sons of the original Ghostbusters who were on the the live-action show. Rather than just making the cartoon versions of them, they... Made of their sons. Yeah, made of So, those sons. men had children that were cartoons. Yes. That is a strange <laughs> story. And they both just gave them the, the same names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is a wild world. Yeah, it, it's already so wild. It's five days apart, so this is in first. Yes. In both cases. Uh, well, no, in the, in the cartoon case. In the live action thing, it was... 1975 compared to 1984. Well, that's first. They got in first. They got in, yeah, easily got in years, first. But the second time, only five days. Only five days, that's right. And this is, that's not that coincidental because um, Filmation, the, the owners of the name, but not of the popular <laughs> franchise, <laughs> they, they talked to Columbia Pictures uh, about making the cartoon version of the movie. You know, they're like, let's, let's bring it together. We own the naming rights. Well, let's work together. But in the end, they um, they went with a different company. They went with Dick. Dick. So, the real Ghostbusters is made by Dick. Right. And 
Who made who? Which one was made by Sit Ubu Sit? Ah, good dog. No, oh, okay. I think that was um, the one with uh, Michael J. Fox. I'm pretty sure that was an Ubu. Sit Ubu. Is that Ubu? Sit Ubu Sit. Good, good dog. dog. Fantastic. Great memories. Great, great memories. Uh, so yeah, they because they couldn't get the the rights to do it, they ended up making their own one. Basically, going, all right, we'll we'll make one. We've already got a property. Fine, oh, we got the name. It's, we got the name. We got the property. We can make it fun. One of the members of the Ghostbusting team is a gorilla as well. Okay. So you've got uh, the two juniors, and then you've got Tracy the gorilla. And is Tracy the gorilla related to <laughs> the, the gorilla from the No, it's the same. Tracy, the gorilla. Okay. Do gorillas live that long? Uh, and do they become cartoons? Good questions. Answer them both. Usually, no and no. Okay. <laughs> but will you make an case, exception? I will make an exception <laughs> and I'm going to give it a yes and yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Tracy, the gorilla. Good name for a gorilla. Why not? Yeah. Not a bad name for a gorilla. So, they're... The, the, the whole show was about them mainly being called upon to stop the robotic-looking primeval and his gang of spooks while they attempt to conquer the world. Pretty classic sort of cartoon. Yeah, for sure. There's no, no real, nothing really driving them forward, just the idea of conquering the world and being evil. Yeah, yeah. For that's fun. Right. And prim- yeah, it's interesting, this primeval. It's funny for the main baddie for a ghost-busting show to be seemingly like a robot alien or something? <laughs> yeah. Or is it a robot ghost? It's not really clear. Yeah, was he a ghost at all? Was anyone in this show a ghost? Uh, yes. Yes, the actually, the Headless Awesome. But any of the regulars that are baddies? Yeah, they didn't seem to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was that alien rat. Yeah. Sort of flying rat dragon. <laughs> the alien. And then there was that. There was, the, there was a few other robot looking things. Um, so the catchphrase, do you remember? I mean, you've just watched an episode and uh, the, the catchphrase on the movies was, what was it? Bustin makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a different thing. Oh, um, good to finally bust. Oh, go, ghost busters. Who are you going to call? That's Who are you right. going to call? That's the Fantastic. <laughs> you know what my first thought was? Dun, 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 dun. Like the, that's the catchphrase. Yes. They're all saying that. Yeah, remember yeah. the movie when they all started saying that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, great yeah, tune. So, such a great song. So, but who are you going to call? Which and also, much like the name of the film was already used by someone else, that melody was also used by Huey Lewis in the news already and they got they got sued, settled out of court. Oh, yes. For, I think, I want a new drug. But the part of the settlement was that Huey's not allowed to tell the story. Really? Yeah. And Huey's real name is? Do I remember? Oh, Hugh Craig the Third. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Craig, Craig loved the Third. It. I did love you that. You went through a little period where for about six weeks you were obsessed with Huey Lewis. Yeah, I really was. I went deep on Huey. You were going to do a do-go on His laugh was wild. It's a wild, yeah. And Hugh Craig the Third is an absolute creme de la creme of a name. I really would still love to do it. Maybe it's a bonus episode because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the average person has the interest in Huey Lewis no, and the life of Hugh Craig the Third. Well, yeah, exactly. When you hear that fact... You get on board. He was like a baseball prodigy, but also like <laughs> I didn't know that bit. A, like a like a mathematician kind of guy. <laughs> All right, you've sold me. Like honestly, it was. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Sometimes you hear about like some guy, like a pop star's life, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I get that it. That makes sense." His was like, "Whoa, you're young and hot. We get it." And <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. "Oh okay, wow, you did a lot of other crazy stuff." That's awesome. So, but do you know what this cartoon's catchphrase is? Oh, is, do you think it's as catchy as uh, who are you going to call? Who are you call? Was it something like Go Go? Very close. Ghostbusters. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. Go Go Gadget Arms. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Let's Go Ghostbusters. Let's Go Ghostbusters. And I think they say it quite a few times. Let's Go Ghostbusters. And then they high, they jump into an extremely high high five, where they're like further off the ground than like people in the NBA. Sl- yeah, Dunk and it creates like a sort of zapping yeah. looking thing. Uh, they they also have a, a logo similar to the other one, which is a smiling ghost head in a circle. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of it was halfway between Ghostbusters and the Mighty Boosh head. Yeah, right. Put together. What do you got? Another great gorilla show. Exactly. Bolo. Good stuff. Um, and the, 
that, that ghost face comes from their car, which is called Ghost Buggy, a cranky kind of. <laughs> That's right. The the buggy that they drive had a mind of its own and was not very happy. No, nah, didn't love to be didn't love to be involved. But yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> ghost Buggy. Yeah, I don't know how they come up with their ideas. <laughs> so it ran for sixty five episode. And uh, also had a four-issue comic book series and some toys. I think their main marketing was grandparents who were a bit confused. <laughs> yes, yeah. I got you the Ghostbuster you wanted. Yay! What the hell is this? Personally, I'd much prefer this. This one features Tracy the Gorilla. Tracy the Gorilla. I reckon it looks like a show that would go well with toys, I reckon. Yeah, totally. Like Go Go Buggy? Ghost yeah. Buggy? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they released one and it and it converted into different modes of transport and stuff like it does in the show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds sick. Um, yeah, and I, who was your favorite character watching it? Mine, and I know I'm biased, but I thought Tracy the Gorilla was the standout. I loved Tracy the Gorilla. Big fan, but my favorite was probably that little mouse thing that was annoyed at them. <laughs> you mean Bratterat? Bratterat. Bratterat was a nightmare. Little 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 pink guy that was oh, just an odd, Oh, sorry. No, that's not Bratterat. That is um Who's that? The little pink bat. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's not a rat. It's a bat. Little pink uh, Belfry. Belfry, because they get called out to their mission. And they got to, He's like, yeah, can I come? And they're like, sorry, mate. Someone's going to hang out here, man the phones. And he's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, that was my favorite. Yeah, he was, he was pretty Belfry. good. Belfry. Yeah, I'd take him over that. I mean, I, if you were going to say that your favorite character was Brad a rat, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would just about end this conversation right now. That's too much. Uh, apparently, later on, Filmation's Lou Schema said he really regretted in the deal with um, Columbia for the Ghostbusters name. He really regretted not asking for the animation rights. It's like, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, how would you see that coming? Yeah, of course. That's- if you're going to regret that, you'd regret everything. Oh, I also wish I didn't sign a deal with Batman in 1905 before it even <laughs> came out or whatever. Yeah. So, but, and is Lou Scheme is also one of the voices? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm like, he's listed as one of the voices here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think Filmation, are, they did a bunch of other shows apparently and they've got um, a few few things that are, are, are come across in all their shows. Like they often have... A big octopus bad guy, apparently. Oh, really? Which features in this episode. Well, Loose Gamer is the voice of Tracy the Gorilla. Oh, my God. Fantastic. The one and only. Holy moly. I wonder if uh, he also was the man in the suit in the live action series. <gasps> Maybe. Imagine. Um, apparently, there was negative feedback from viewers who were expecting to see the familiar characters from the movie and had no memory of the original live action show that it just lasted one season. Oh, so that in the 70s show, that wasn't a hit? No. It lasted one season. It was, I think it featured car- uh, actors from a show called F Troop, which was maybe a bigger hit. Oh, you've heard of that. And they were sort of basically playing similar characters, these guys. But, uh, yeah, it didn't really take off. So, the Deke uh, show, that they called it the real Ghostbusters, like I said. And uh, they had a few digs at this other Ghostbusters throughout few, the series. A few deeks. A few deeks. <laughs> uh, in the first episode, uh, the secretary, Janine, answers a phone call with, we're the real Ghostbusters, not those other guys. A real deek at the yeah, competition there. that's a real deek. In the context of the episode, a team of ghosts had set up a phony ghost hunting business. So that was in in the episode. That's who they were referencing. But a writer for the episode later confirmed in a commentary track for a DVD that the line was meant as a jab, as a little deek at uh, filmation. Just confirming. Yeah, we meant it. <laughs> <laughs> there was another episode uh, called "The Spirit of Aunt Lois" of the real Ghostbusters, <laughs> where there was a character called Doctor Bassingham, who was a charlatan spiritualist. And they wore an outfit very similar to that of Jake Kong, the main guy from the Gorilla Ghostbusters. Right. So the main characters we have are Jake Kong Jr. Do you want me? To, I've got the voices here. Do you want me? To know yeah, that? great. Voiced by Pat Fraley, who um, known as the voice of of Krang in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Great villain. Also, Stuart Little's animated TV series. Great. Villain. <laughs> okay, so that's Jake Kong Jr. Okay, then we've got 
So, uh, Jay Kong Jr., he's the team leader. Uh, and his nose twitches whenever a ghost is nearby. Cool. That's a handy thing. Then we have Eddie Spencer Jr. Now, that's Peter Cullen, most famous for voicing Optimus Prime in Transformers. Whoa. Starting in the 80s, and then they brought him back since 2007 to do the live action movies. Wow. It's a great voice. He also did Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh, and uh, is the the first voice of Car in Knight Rider. Oh. Like Kit, the car? Or is car a different car? Maybe car, is car different? I don't know. Is the name of a prototype feature. A major, is the major antagonist of Kit. Oh, wow. Oh, the other one. Whoa. I was going to say, I, sh- I was certain it was ca- it was Kit. <laughs> yeah. But one of the ep- episodes is called Kit versus Car. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. So, that's... Uh, you're working with a couple of voiceover yeah, legends there. a couple of legends. And now... Oh, so, will Eddie Spencer Jr., He's known as being cowardly and clumsy, but has a good heart and is always there for his friends. And we've felt that, didn't we? We were like, why is he involved in this? Yeah, he's kind of being like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't think we should go. I think it's fine. You got the little bat that's begging to be there. Yeah. Why don't you switch out? Why don't you man the phones? Yeah, let Batty have a go. What's Batty's name again? Uh, Belfry. Belfry. Or Belfry, maybe. Yes, love it. Uh, So, then we're on to our favorite, or my favorite at least, Tracy the Gorilla. Fantastic. Now, you've already said that voiced by... Blue Schema, one of the producers. Blue Schema. So, like I said, Tracy the Gorilla is the same gorilla as in the live action show. Uh, he helps out the team with his incredible strength and with the new weapons he invents. According to the fandom page, Tracy's a genius-like gorilla who figures... If, so, who figures out how to get the Ghostbusters out of sticky situations. Great work. Probably explaining why he carries the bag containing all their gear. He can't speak, using, uh, usually forcing him to convey his intentions via drawing or an impromptu game of charades with his friends. Hey, a bit of fun? Yeah, that's fun. You don't want that to have to happen in like quite a tight spot. You know, the villain's coming. They're coming. <laughs> Prime Evil's right there and he's trying to get a message across. <laughs> and he has to get like the Pictionary game out. Uh in the sequel series, the cartoon, it's revealed that Tracy actually invented some of their newest anti-ghost gadgets. Tracy also displays human, a uh, superhuman strength. Human strength probably wouldn't be that impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, up to lifting and throwing a replica of the Statue of Liberty into the ocean with his bare hands. How small is the replica? Yeah, that's right. It doesn't say. It's not like a, like a handheld one. Yeah. One of those ones that's a snow globe. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, surely it's uh It's gotta be at least one to one. At least one to one, at least half. Come yeah. on, it's gonna be big. Uh, he can also speak snippets of English, usually a grunted okie dokie when the <laughs> Ghostbusters ask for his help. In the original live action series, Tracy is portrayed by a man in a gorilla suit. He often wears a variety of hats. That's such a fun fact. Yeah, a variety. Often of wears hats. a variety of hats. In the animated series, he wears khaki shorts, a large backpack in which he uh, he keeps a large assortment of ghost-busting gear, and a fedora. Although sometimes he puts on other hats for the purposes of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> in the live-action show, he plays the part as a comic device in the show. Lots of times he'll side with Spencer when wanting to avoid doing something. So Spencer's being scared, saying, no, we should do it. Yeah. Tracy would be like, yeah, I'm with, I'm with him. Only just doing that with Pictionary. <laughs> in the animated series, Tracy's, Tracy looks rejuvenated and younger to match the new generation of Ghostbusters. Now, you might be wondering, is that an accurate thing that gorillas can do? Is and that? usually no. Oh, okay. But in this case, I will make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of bits of trivia from the fandom page here. On two occasions... Jake Kong implied that Tracy's grandfather was the infamous King Kong. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting that Jake has the Kong surname, but <laughs> Tracy's the one who's blood related to King Kong. That is mind-blowing. Yeah. How does that work? How does that work? Uh, and uh, in a recent interview, Bob Burns suggested that Tracy comes from the future being a sort of mutant with human intellect. But apparently that that's in a recent interview and it was never really said. It's He's sort of just still sort of writing. Still retconning it. For the show. Is he J.K. Rowling? Yeah. <laughs> but for a show that no one's talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he originally said, to who? <laughs> Even his wife's like, all right, we get it. That's enough. Apparently, it was with an interview with Goers, which is, yeah, I guess maybe it's like the big fans of the Ghostbusters. Right, okay. The proper one. The original one. Yeah. The actual the Ghostbusters. The one with the freaking gorilla, man. Yeah. The, the one, one we care about. Exactly. Uh, according to Wiki, I love some of the, the names they've given stuff. And this is why the writers, I assume, have gone on to great careers. And they mainly would have. Uh, the Ghostbusters headquarters is called uh, Ghost Command. And it's located in a haunted mansion nestled between a number of skyscrapers. <laughs> They are supported by a number of secondary characters, including Answer Bone. See, this is where the writers really earn their pay. Answer Bone. Do you know who voices Answer Bone? For, just for the listeners, Answer Bone is a talking skull phone. That, and really doesn't like to be answered from what we can no, see. No, it was, it was like trying to make it hard to answer the call. Actively avoiding being answered. Yeah. Voiced by a loose schemer. Oh, my God. He's back. I could t- Like, the performance was fantastic. Incredible. Uh, then we have Skelevision. It's fine. It's a it's a ghost show, but everything is skeleton. A real skeleton <laughs> motif. <laughs> You're right. That's like the opposite of the ghost. That's the bit they leave behind. Um. So yes, yeah, Skelevision is a talking skeleton television. Okay. Then we've got Belfry, your favorite. Well, let me just say, sorry, Skelevision. Guess oh, who yes. voices that character? Um, Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> I wish. Actually, I don't because it's loose game. Oh my god. The schemer's done it again. He He's been ma- scheming his way into every role on the show. <laughs> yeah. The man of a thousand skull-related voices. <laughs> so, that, yeah. Then we have your favorite, Belfry, the pink talking bat. Don't tell me. I'm looking it up. Belfry, Please. come on. Come on. Give it to me, Belfry. Give it to Voice us. by Susan Blue. Oh, Susan Blue. My mind just now. <laughs> then we have the ghost buggy, Junior. Their talking car. Wait, does that mean? <laughs> does that mean that the the ghost buggy is also the <laughs> the, the, son the son of, of the, original, the original car, <laughs> but now a cartoon? Uh, That's also voiced by Pat Fraley, who is uh, the voice of Jake Kong Jr. So those scenes when he's talking, that'd be difficult, right? Then they uh, occasionally enlist the aid of Futura, a time traveling Ghostbuster from the future. Oh wow! And- Jessica Ray, a local TV news reporter. Feels okay. like what? I mean, do you really need Jessica Ray when you've got a time-traveling Ghostbuster from the future at hand? I feel like they just wanted to pay themselves because Futura is voiced by Susan Blue. Okay. Jessica Ray, also voiced by Susan, Susan Blue. Blue. They're just creating new roles for themselves. That's fantastic. Showing their range. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is something they can do. They can time travel. And that the Ghost Buggy Jr. can go into like, time travel mode, although he doesn't like to. Yeah. Because so he's really- a bit cranky. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing in this film or TV show feels like it wants to do its job. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, really, it's only the one guy, the the main, Jake Jake Kong Jr. Yeah, everyone else is like, do we have to do it? Yeah. And Belfry, who's like, I want to do it. They're like, shut up. Put me in, coach. <laughs> no. Answer the phone, you little bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, together they have dedicated themselves to ridding the world of the evil ghost wizard Primeval and his cast of henchmen. Primeval's headquarters, now this is more great stuff here, termed the Haunt Quarters, instead of headquarters. That is incredible. Do you reckon they started with that? Yeah. The whole show was built around that. Worked their way back. Yep. Uh, And it resembles the British Houses of Parliament, complete with a Big Ben-esque clock tower. Right. Do you think that's, you know, a bit of satire there? They're really having a go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This would have been in Maggie Thatcher's years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, the real crooks in <laughs> yeah. Parliament. Yeah, back, back up on Capitol Hill. Probably <laughs> the circus has come <laughs> to town, has <laughs> it? You are getting really good at satire. Mm, I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it as many thing. Yeah. Your new festival show is chock full of it. Wall to wall. Yeah. Taking down the establishment. Yeah. One, one quip at a time. That's right. I really think if, you, if you're going to come along to Dave's show at the upcoming festivals... Just make sure you're ready. Yeah, make sure you're ready. And, and you if you're a big weird or a fat cat, then just yeah, be prepared to yeah. be taken down a peg or two. Exactly, yeah. And wear a raincoat because you're in the splash zone. <laughs> um, so, th- this whole uh, haunt quarters is located <laughs> in the fifth dimension. Okay. Which one are we in again? I think we're... That's from, in terms of my life this is the first dimension i've ever been in I okay think. so they're four away yeah interesting hmm. that's why it's a bit different up there 
In a typical episode, Primeval uses his magical powers to open a wormhole to enable one or more of his henchmen to complete a particular scheme that serves to help him take over the world. Pinky and the Brain style. Right. Although Pinky and the Brain came after this. I hope they're also paying rights. I hope they have. Paying for the rights of uh, that cliche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's every episode. So, the episode we saw was obviously the Headless Horseman was the key guy. But, yeah, they just sent them all out. Brad Attack, Brad Arat or whatever, mm-hmm. etc. Rock on, Brad Arat. Famous guest star ghosts and monsters often appear, including Count Dracula and the one we're talking about today, the Headless Horseman. So, they take a few ideas from classic literature. Right. Uh, like almost all 1980s filmation cartoons, each episode closes with a segment that describes a particular lesson that can be learnt from the events of the episode. Oh, yeah. We almost, we both sort of groaned out loud when it's that so came funny. on. It's so funny. I love that. Yeah, because it just was... They didn't think that they could do things for kids in the 80s unless like a there was a real spoon-fed message at the end. Yeah. Full House is always like that. You know what? I think we all learn a lesson here today. <laughs> but they like literally look down the barrel. It's hard for cartoons <laughs> yeah. to do that, but they do. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to the story at hand. This is the... I don't, I don't know where you would put it um, in the sort of the oeuvre of... Uh, Sleepy Hollow spin-offs, or even put it. Where would you put it up against the original? I'd probably have it at number one. Yeah, number two would be the original short <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, <laughs> number three that Johnny Depp film. Yeah, and and the Ed Begley one. Yep. Soon after that, um, so it's only very loosely based off the Sleepy Hollow story. And if you want to hear that story summarized, please do check out the book treat episode. Uh, I think the two main things that happened in both stories was there was a sort of headless ghost in both. I had this horseman ghost. Yes. And also in both of them, someone was scared by a woman. Because <laughs> there, there was a great line in it where it was like it built up. There's only one thing more scary than goblins. Yeah, and goblins and ghosts and witches. In the, in the book, that's what they said. And they said, a woman. <laughs> was quite, yeah, that was, that, uh, was a, quite a twist. But yeah, in the show, one of the, um, one of the characters... One of the easily spooked characters was tapped on the shoulder by the journalist. And he went, oh! <laughs> it turned out it was just a woman. Um. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> so the Headless Horseman was a ghost who worked for the prime evil big bad guy. Uh, but he didn't really like working for him, did he? When we saw him, he was sort of hot. He was lurking backstage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when uh, oh, he was kind of like, oh, yeah. Prime Evil was having a go at all his henchmen one by one. First out, yeah, he absolutely he's, was. He's tearing strips of a cowardly robot go- robot ghost named. This, do you remember the first one? He fell apart. Oh yeah, that's right. And then he was still speaking. His name was Scared Stiff. Now is that nominative determinism? Absolutely. <laughs> Give the guy a chance. Yeah. He was he really was a, a real scaredy cat. Uh and yeah, he ends up literally falling to pieces. <laughs> That's how powerful Primeval's rants can be, you know? He can talk you he's, into, oh, into exactly. pieces. Uh then we have that really annoying rat rat like alien creature called Bradarat. Bradarat, who was very difficult to understand most of the things they said. Yeah, they la- they laughed at everything, laughed at their own jokes. <laughs> One of the a real uh, which I know I do. Yeah, but I make that my own. Exactly, that's your thing. Yeah, Brad- now Bradarat comes along. Back off. Thirty odd years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my thing, mate. I'm I find myself funny. Exactly, and you, I can understand the words you say. The first bit, I was like, I'm going to need subtitles yep. on this guy. So, according to the fandom website, he is in many ways Primeval's right-hand ghost. So, he is a ghost. That's interesting. I, to me, he, seemed, he was floating. 
Bratterat. Wait, are all these things ghosts then? Bratterat is a ghost? A ghost of what? An alien rat. <laughs> <laughs> you alien rat ghost. Uh, and apparently he's often hanging out at the haunt quarters, often presiding on Primeval's shoulder like a pet parrot. Right. So he's also a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, next to Coppet from Primeval was Fangster. Remember Fangster? No, so it was not like by a, name. <laughs> it was like a dog wearing like a what the eighties thought the future looked like clothes. Right. Yeah, it was a real futuristic sort of onesie he was wearing. But did you know this? Because it wasn't clear in the show. But Fangster was a werewolf from the future. Okay. Now his clothes make sense. Okay, fantastic. I think every character when they first start speaking needs to say who they are yeah. and what they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just assume it's all <laughs> at like a corporate icebreaker. Yeah, exactly. Everyone should wear a name tag and the camera should zoom in on them all. And then they say one thing about themselves. Yeah. Hi, I'm Fangster. I'm a werewolf from the yeah, future. Right. If there's one thing you need to know about me. I'm a bit bumbly. <laughs> I bumble through my jobs as a henchman for Primeval and I often don't quite get the job done because the Ghostbusters save the day. Absolutely. Anyway. And they should also have to say whether they're a ghost or not. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know if any of them were. <laughs> no, I'd, most of them seem like they weren't. But I'm now assuming that Fangster was a werewolf ghost from the future. Right. And all of these from the original show too, the live action, do they have... Surely not. They couldn't have... How would they have pulled that off in 1975 live <laughs> action? But maybe... Um, so, Fangster obviously failed on another recent mission and he was being told off for that. And he was also being told if he failed this next one, he was going to cop a punishment in the form of ghost fleas or something like that. It was, some, it was fleas, but, oh, yeah, like, but vampire fleas. Yeah. Uh, his mission, given to him by Primeval, was to go back in time, which, I mean, he already was back in time as far as he was concerned. <laughs> go back further. Go back further in time. Uh, and get, uh, I steal the ancient Aztec amulet from the lost city of Nescatutl. This would give Primeval enough power to finally rule the world. Right, okay. Unfortunately for him, who was lurking in the background? Do you remember? Oh, lurking in the background was the Headless Horseman. Yes. He even said something like, and next up, I'm going to yell at that headless horseman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's working through his list yeah. of henchmen to. Well, the horseman yell snuck at. away. But not until he'd already heard this plan about Fangster going to get the uh, the amulet. Mm. So he overheard, he overhears all this, um, and he go he he's trying to deliver this message to the Ghostbusters. You got to go back and and cut off Fangster before he steals this amulet. But unluckily. Jake Kong Jr. did not trust the Headless Horseman as far as he could throw him. I Can you explain that bit to me? Why did he not trust him? Because of some... I can explain Thank you. this to you. Because it was a little convoluted, this part for me, so I really appreciate it. It was. So, uh, the great-grandfather of Jake Kong Jr. Who was a human being, not a cartoon. Is that right? Uh, no, this is great-grandfather. I think this went back. We saw him. He was a cartoon. So, obviously, the cartoon thing must skip a generation. Oh, every second generation is cartoon. Love action. Every so his, partner, his partner will give birth to a live human. Yes. Yeah. Which will make great TV. <laughs> uh, so, so, we see that the horseman supposedly was one of the ghosts who went back in time to the days of great-grandfather Kong, who owned this gold mine, and, it, and the ghost frightened away the miners... So that they wouldn't mine gold for the great grandfather of Jake Kong Jr. And he was still furious at the Headless Horseman for doing this. Then they, they do a flashback to this, and you don't see the Headless Horseman. You see other henchmen of Primeval scaring the miners. You're, you're absolutely right. So they didn't even show him there. But apparently he's, he's held a grudge ever since. Because his great grandfather couldn't mine gold somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, surely they could have thought of a bigger thing. <laughs> bigger reason for I him know. to trust him. I mean, they've him. got the whole Sleepy Hollow story to base anything yeah. on. Didn't you, I thought it was going to be flashback and his grandfather yeah. was from that story. Or yeah, that, wouldn't that have made sense? But no, unfortunately not. Or fortunately, whatever. It's great writing, don't get me wrong. That's great writing. Uh, there's an elaborate sequence now where they get ready to go ghostbusting by entering the Skelevator, of course. <laughs> and now, at, around this time, I think they probably yelled their famous phrase, 
I don't have it in front of me. What was it again? Go Ghostbusters. Yeah, let's go Ghostbusting. Let's go or Ghostbusting. Like that. Yes. Uh, the, so the Scalavati, did, did you understand what was going on there? That was a wild scene. It was the scene where they, they dressed them? Yeah. So the, the Scalavator is a haunted elevator at Ghost Command. Its main entrance lies hidden between a secret door and leads to the secret transformation room, which contains a large elaborate machine the Ghostbusters use to change clothes into their uniforms. It's so <laughs> unnecessary. I know, but we were talking about how... Do they have this every episode? Mm. And you were, you were suspecting that, yes, because it, that takes up like three minutes of animation. Yeah, week. that's right. It saves them thousands of dollars yeah. every episode. It's, it's definitely possible. Uh, so, they, they get their uniform. And this seems to be happening in a different dimension as well. You know, there's all sorts of wild stuff yeah. going on in the background. Uh, they then head to the garage and are dumped into their cranky car, Ghost Buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Finally a ghost. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> He then turns into a plane, Ghost Buggy, uh, Ghost Buggy Jr. <laughs> I don't know if he's any relation to Ed, Ed Begley Jr., but he um, <laughs> turns into a plane and flies them where they end up meeting the Headless Horseman. But uh, the Headless Horseman, I think they don't really know what's going on at this point, do they? They're seeing these lights and there's a medium there who sort of translates the message from the Headless Horseman. Mm. And then the Headless Horseman comes up and says, hey, he, his head pops out and he says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad guy. I'm trying to help you. I'm actually not headless. I'm actually not even headless. <laughs> yeah, he's like, because, you know, uh, Prime Evil. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Mm. Apparently he made uh, the Headless Horseman be the Headless Horseman because he thought it made him scarier. Yeah. Which- he didn't like to be scary. No. The Headless Horseman hated being scary. He just wanted to make people laugh. Yeah. But unfortunately for him, he's been destined for a life of scaring. No, he was more of like a, like a fun prankster sort of scare. Like, ha ha. But he's actually making people have heart attacks probably. Yeah. No good. Um, so, yeah, they, they fly there. They, they end up finding out the story and that sort of stuff. And then the ghost buggy turns uh, again into now some sort of a time machine thing. So that they can zoop out. And it really just means he sort of rolls forward. You know, rather than going flat to go into to the future. No, in the oh, past. Oh, yeah. It just starts spinning. And that's uh, where they go to head off Fangster at the pass. Uh, the Headless Horseman, much like in the original text, was a Hessian from centuries ago before his murder. He continues to wear his Hessian uniform. It turned out that he wasn't really headless, like I say, but he can retract his head in and out of his body. Uh, and the headless horseman didn't like to be scared, just wanted to make people laugh. And Dave, I just couldn't help but think, is that something you relate to? Just wanted to make people laugh. Yeah. But I keep terrifying people yeah. accidentally. You're absolutely right. Please be my friend. Yeah. And they go, get away from us, you hideous, scary <laughs> bastard. <laughs> uh, I've been mistaken for being headless before. Yeah? You believe that? Your head is so beautiful, I can mm. hardly even see it. What, are you headless? Yeah. Uh, Jake distrusted the horseman because of what he did to his great-grandfather in the past. Of course. But the horseman soon won him over. I don't know if you recall this, Dave. The Ghostbusters caught Fangster back in the, in the ancient times. Oh, that's right, back in the Aztec Empire. Yeah, trying to steal the amulet. And they, once they stopped him, they basically saved the world. But unfortunately then... The sorcerer of Nascatuttle from the ancient times arrived and it was his amulet. And he wasn't sure who was there to steal it. And then Fangster goes, no, the Ghostbusters, they're the bad guys. They're, they're the ones who try to steal it. And they're like, no, he was. Yeah, it becomes a he said, she said. Yeah. So the sorcerer is a bit confused. So he used the amulet to summon the sand beast, <laughs> which was an octopus. Which obviously loves sand. Yes. And the octopus comes out of the sand, grabbed Fangster. The uh, ghost werewolf from the future. Mm. <laughs> uh, but luckily for Fangster, Jake and Eddie, well, I'm not really sure why, Jake and Eddie freed Fangster. Yeah, they rescued him, even though it's their mortal enemy. And uh, and then I'm, he said, see you later, suckers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why did you have to say suckers? Yeah. <laughs> One of them said because they were being sucked by the... It's like, is that like on book teat? Do you talk book about teat, that on yeah, book teat? Yeah, they get sucked dry. But yeah, Jake and Eddie end up getting... Um, Suckered by the octopus. Sorry, the sand monster. Luckily for them, at this point, the horseman's been nowhere to be seen. Mm. He's basically was hiding away. He's like, I don't, like, I don't want to be involved in He's this. He's a little wussy. But all of a sudden, 
He comes out and the sand monster shits itself. Mm. So much so that it just disappears. That's how scared it That's is. That's how scared it is. A sand monster. <laughs> I don't know why he would be scared of a headless ghost. The headlessness of the ghost feels like a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. You're missing a lot of key senses up there. <laughs> but no, the octopus is like, I don't like the look of this and just disappeared. Uh, so that frees everyone now. Uh, meaning that they had saved the am- amulet from falling into Primeval's clutches, which means Jake made peace with the horseman, and this is how it finishes. He got a, him a job working in a haunted house at a fun fair, finally getting to live his dream of making kids laugh instead of scaring them, which doesn't quite make sense, does it? You don't laugh in a haunted house. No, and the kids were screaming. They're screaming, and they also ran out of the ride, and he chased them. He kept Through going. The theme park. He didn't give up when they left his domain. You don't think that would scare the kids? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he really understood what he was doing. Uh, oh, and we also saw Fangster getting his comeuppance for failing his task again, getting infested with Prime Evil's vampire fleas for a whole month. Oh, no. And he's sort of there, like, scratching himself. Yeah, while that piece of shit. Bradarat laughed it up. <laughs> You've got Primeval's vampire fleas for a whole month. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Bradarat. Oh, Bradarat, you dog. It made, yeah. It was, I don't know why Bradarat was so happy, you know? Yeah, you're, you don't failed too. you want too. this to have worked? Just Bradarat. Real toxic energy at the workplace, I think. Uh, and then, like I said before, every episode ended with a moral Mm. And the end of this episode was no difference. And we heard from Jake addressing the audience, looking down the barrel saying, I want to tell all you boys and girls just what I learned today. You see, I didn't want to trust the headless horseman because of mistakes he'd made in the past. (laughs) But when Madam gave him a second chance to prove himself, well, he really did. I'm guessing Madam was the the medium. Ah, okay. So remember, everybody, your friends, your family... Even you make mistakes, and everybody deserves a second chance. Now, it really feels like one of the writers is like, <laughs> this is a message to his ex-wife yes, or something. Right. <laughs> you, you're right. huh? you really should forgive. Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? Okay. Hmm. Okay, people make mistakes. Everyone's, even maybe you have made a mistake. Janice. Janice. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you caught him with the secretary. Yeah. Everyone's made mistakes, Okay. okay? Let's try again, Janice. <laughs> uh, here's a quick uh, little blooper, unfortunately, to finish with, Dave. This really? Is gonna, this is probably going to really bust your chops. This is a bit of a blunder. Is that the same? Yeah, you bust my chops. <laughs> okay. Um, so, after Ghost Buggy lifts off from Ghost Command, the moon in the background is way too close to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> They're also going to talk about all the other wild stuff that is. <laughs> Isn't that a wild thing to pull out from all of this? Well, the moon is way too... Is this on IMDb? Yeah, I think it was on IMDb. That's yeah. incredible. It's either IMDb or the, the fandom Can page. I say, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Yes, I assume someone did. <laughs> uh, interestingly, the real Ghostbusters also featured an episode... Uh, also had an episode based off the... Legend of the Sleepy Hollow. I've added an extra that in there, and that's fine. I don't edit this podcast. Uh, it was called, and they really zhuzhed this up for the modern day of the 1980s. Yeah. The Headless Motorcyclist. Oh, of Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episode is about a descendant of Ichibod Crane being haunted by the same spirit who was adapted to the times by appearing as a headless punk motorcyclist. <laughs> The IMDb synopsis of the episode is A man who Peter had a quarrel with the night before over a girl is attacked by a headless biker. The cops think Peter sent the ghost to attack him. The Ghostbusters must prove their innocence by catching it. Is the girl involved? <laughs> Find out next. Yeah, so I mean I'm I'm in. That's that's I'm like, ooh, can't wait to watch this. That's a hook. That's a hook. Uh, so, Dave, what what did you think of this episode? Okay. Or, or the show in general? I found it pretty overwhelming. <laughs> there was so much going <laughs> yeah. on. So many characters and so many scenes and yeah. there was just so much going I on. I felt like there was too many good 
goodies there's too many baddies mm. it was all too much of everything too much of a good thing too much of a yeah, bad thing absolutely and they said you can't have too much <laughs> but they do i feel like some of it's like fun like you know gadgets and um i really like tracy tracy's fantastic fantastic i really think if the show would be better if they just focused in on tracy yes make tracy the main yeah the lead tracy deserves to be i feel like maybe if you were familiar with the, the characters like when you're a kid and you you know watch it week by week You'd probably get more out of it, but it was just a bit, as an entry episode, Yeah, quite full on. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe we needed to watch episode one first. Yes, but I enjoyed the colours. Yeah, <laughs> colour, the movement. Yeah. There's a few, you know, some fun little lines in there. Yeah. It was a little cornball, I should say that. Uh, and the moral at the end was... I mean, that was pretty funny. I mean, I was really happy that I had that because it was so funny. Yeah. It actually, and it also made me think, I'm going to give Janice another go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what do you give this show? I think the show in general out of uh, a b- bunch of bananas. So, how big's your bunch, firstly, when you go to a, sh- a shop? How many bananas do you buy? And how many bananas are you giving this show? I reckon a great bunch is six. Yep. I give it... Like uh, God, you don't eat bananas on Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's sinful. On, on the seventh day, Dave does not eat bananas. <laughs> I might be misremembering that part of the Bible. I'm going to give it a three. Three, three out of six. It's still, you know, three bananas. You'd be happy with that. Yeah. And are the bananas ripe or... Yeah. Ripe. Nicely Appropriate. ripe. Appropriately ripe. Uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, I, my bunch is always seven. I like one per day. Yeah. Um, you don't take Sundays off? I don't take Sundays off, no. Okay. But what if you get hungry on another day and you want two? Well, it's back to the shops. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say maybe uh, four out of seven. It was a bit of fun. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like a, I didn't, it was fun, honestly, to watch with you because a few times we're like what is happening yeah what's going on it was uh, there was a lot to take in but yeah but it's you know it's like a cartoon so it doesn't go for too long yes. it? it never dragged that's right there's so much, happen- kept too much happening now the other thing we like to talk about at the end of this show is uh, was I think a guy you know some sort of scientist Andy Matthews once told me that humans and chimpanzees share about 98-ish percent DNA uh, and I just would like to ask you how much of yourself Percentage-wise, do you see in the gorilla in the show, Tracy? Well, I really like Tracy. Mm-hmm. I like myself. Okay. I'm going to go 86. 86. 86%. Nice one. Um, I also I, I really like Tracy. I don't like myself quite as much as you like yourself. Fair enough. Um, but I do. I love getting around with the backpack. Uh, I like wearing different hats for a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not super strong, so I'm going to lose a few marks there. I am. I do have human strength, though. Okay, so um, just take away the super factor. Yeah, here. okay, so carry the two. I think I'm going to say 69%. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say nice like that. That's nice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Good on you. Mm, nice. Uh, now, before we go, I asked our, our fantastic Patreon supporters of our podcast network dave and i as long as well as jess perkins have a little podcast network we called the do go on podcast network and uh the patreon supporters if you want to support this show as well as book cheat do go on my new show who knew it with matt stewart uh you can go to patreon.com slash do go on pod there's a whole heap of stuff on there bonus episodes and and lots of other things but these questions i i asked um, our patrons just earlier if they had any questions or comments told them that we're going to be talking about the Ghostbusters fantastic are you happy for me to go through a few of these I'd love to hear some okay first one comes from Lewis who wrote asking this pre-listening to the episode which I think is fair enough we hadn't recorded it at the <laughs> yeah, time <laughs> Lewis we respect that in, in Lewis's defense <laughs> <laughs> asking this pre-listening to the episode it's not possible for us to put you on the episode if you haven't Heard the episode. That's true. If you have heard the episode, I should say. Uh, but <laughs> That's blowing my mind, Lewis. Lewis asked an interesting, interesting question. Says, hasn't, uh, hasn't listened to the episode. Wants to know, is the gorilla a ghost? And I'm now wondering, yeah, maybe. Maybe everyone's a ghost. Wow. Everyone is definitely a skeleton. Yes. Is that what a, is that what a living thing is? Skeleton plus ghost? 
Oh. I guess like, you've also I, got meat and skin. It's like stuff. a ghost that haunts a skeleton. Whoa. <laughs> no wonder they're all so <laughs> clattery and chattery, those skeletons. Uh, I'm going to say yes, Lewis. And I feel like I'm in the in a place of authority to be able to answer that question. Sure. Also says, and how would it fare in a fist fight with Caesar from War for the Planet of the Apes? Oof. I think it's going to be more, more powerful, stronger, because I think Caesar just has normal ape strength, um, but this one has super, right, super strength. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Caesar. But and and it's also super smart. But Caesar is, I don't know. I think Caesar has a bigger heart. He's got the heart of a, a lion. <laughs> <laughs> A lion heart is bigger than a grill's heart? Yeah, yeah. The, well, Caesar's a chimp, Dave, but uh, the... Oh, God, fuck. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, so I, I wonder. I think it, that does even it out a lot. I think Caesar, you know, where... Um, well, I can't remember this. I can't remember this gorilla's name over and over. Tracy. Keep, Tracy. I keep wanting to say Terry. Tracy, uh, you know, can be lazy. Sometimes wants to make excuses. Caesar never would. So, I think it really depends on the day, but I think, you know, best of three could go either way. Yeah, okay. Uh, great questions. Thank you so much, Lewis. Craig Mowat also has written in saying, just want to say I love the show. Since I can't actually leave a review on my podcast app, five stars for sure. Always excited to hear some more monkey or ape madness. Craig, Fantastic. that's lovely to hear. Thank you so much. Uh, I think I've got one review to read out later, but I appreciate that one very much from you, Craig. Uh, Michaela McRae writes, oh, this might be a question for you, Dave. Yes. If eight great apes ate 88 grapes, guess how many grapes each great ape ate? There's no answer, so I guess you can't get it if wrong. If eight great apes each ate 88, didn't they each eat 88? If eight great apes ate 88 grapes, guess how many grapes each great ape ate? Yes, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's right there, isn't or is it? it? Or is it 88 in total and it's eight, 11 each on average? Okay, Michaela, you're going to have to let Dave know. <laughs> Was it 88 or 11? I'm going to say yes. Thank you. And you um, are in a position to say that. In this case, I'm going to make an exception and say correct. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Gary J from the UK writes, not a question. I'm just so happy primates is home says in brackets set in caesar oh, great i don't know if i quite nailed the caesar there plus if you're in the uk again and need a venue to record a primates app my shed is free oh <laughs> gary J, that means a lot thank you so much and yeah kojus writes i ain't afraid of no ghosts but maybe of giant big apes fair enough <laughs> that's a good point anya um i think the, the, I had a real uh, shift in my mentality about ghosts a while ago when um, I used to be like, oh, you know, if I saw a ghost, that would that be spooky? Might probably be a bit spooky. Yeah. But then Alistair Tremblay Birchall said to me, if you see a ghost, that's proof there's an afterlife. Oh, you know, that's nice. there's proof nice. of life after death. I'm like, you're right. So if I see a ghost, I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to be like, that's sick. That's great. Yeah, that's what What's a life. You want to chat? Yeah. <laughs> Any any tips before I get there into the halfway realm or wherever yeah. you are? Is that what it is? Am I? Is it okay to call it that? I'm sorry. Am I allowed to use that? Sorry, I didn't mean any many offence. Uh, thank you very much, Anya. The next one comes from Benjamin Cream. Oh. Dave, are you serious, Benjamin That's Cream? Benny Cream. My God, be cream. <laughs> be uh, cool. Be cream. Benjamin writes, after watching Ghostbusters media that includes a primate, do you feel the franchise should add more primates into the mix? Maybe an entire Ghostbusters universe with primates busting all over the city. <laughs> that is a beautiful mental image, Benjamin. I just, I would love to see an entire Ghostbusters universe with primates busting all over the city. It's one of, it's one of the few places they haven't taken the Ghostbusters franchise. Yes. Yet. Yeah, uh, you know, you could have spider monkeys busting away, mm. uh, howler monkeys. Just busting. Busting it hard, <laughs> you know. Um, hard and long. Macaques, the mm. lot, all of them. Oh, I, I think that's fantastic. Bonobo is definitely busting. I reckon we should get up onto the schema and pitch <laughs> this to him. I, and, and as a sweet note, I reckon we suggest that he voices them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you get anything across yeah. the line with Lou schema. Y'all do it. And don't forget... Jane Blue or 
Whoever, the blue one as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Susan Blue. Susan Blue can be involved as well, Schema. And did you know that Schema, his daughter, Erica Schema, also voiced, voiced a bunch of the characters. Fantastic. He loves to keep it in the family. Love that. Love that. All right, I've just got a couple more here. We've got John Coutelier, or Coutier, maybe. I actually went and bought the whole series on Amazon. It was hard to find since, obviously, when you search for Ghostbusters, you just get the 1984 movie and spin-offs and sequels. Although I think a lot of the episodes have been uploaded to YouTube now, and we found that as well. That's where we watched it. Yes, I'll put you a can link watch to it. it if people want to have a look. Uh, before then, I only had a dim memory of it, having been given a storybook slash cassette tape by a relative who obviously thought it was the other Ghostbusters. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's so funny. That's the whole marketing of it. That's perfect. Hoping that relatives buy it accidentally. But I mean, if it's the kind of thing, if I was given it accidentally as a kid, I didn't know the movies when I was a kid. I don't think I didn't. I didn't see Ghostbusters. So I would be. I would have been like, "This is great." Yeah, I would have been. It's yeah. I would have been right into it. I reckon. Oh, that's awesome, John. Thanks for that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts because you didn't really say. I mean, I'm guessing that because you worked so hard to seek it out, that you must have uh, had fond memories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alfie Hanks writes: I have a very important question. What did Hit Monkey do to be neglected in this way? Oh my God! One of the most important pieces of primate media left high and dry. Sad. So, Dave, uh, what Alfie's alluding to here is Peter Thomas and Evan Monroe Smith came on an episode a couple of months ago, and we talked about the first half of the Hit Monkey series, saying that we'd come back and. Yeah. Finish off the series later, and we have not done that. I'm keen to. Evan is just so busy. <laughs> Whenever I ask him, he just doesn't have the time, which I think is entirely fair enough. But I just don't want to do it without him, okay? Sorry, Alfie, but we will do it soon. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard even until the end of Comedy Festival now because he's flat chat. But um, You're committing to it. Yeah, or maybe, maybe you know, stuff Evan. All right, just you and... Also, I feel like Evan won't be that chatted. (laughs) (laughs) What a relief. Yeah, yeah. It's just one less thing on his plate. Uh, Adam King finally says, hooray, my suggestion. The King. Thank you so much for that suggestion. That's great. Adam King. And we have one review. uh, Any five-star reviews that Primates receives, I'll read them out on the next episode. Uh, This one comes from Q Nothing from Great Britain. Uh, with a five-star review titled, Is That a Pun? And uh, Q for Nothing writes, Episodes are many in number, but only divisible by the guests and the one and only, the host, Matt Stewart. Seriously, though, a great listen to relax and also informative, too. Do Go On Media has got me through some tough nights. Thanks, all. Keep them coming. Q. Thanks, Q. That's very, very sweet review from Q. Great, Q. Uh, and do go on media, maybe a, a book cheat listener too. Oh, thank you so much, Q. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Can I just give you one final fact about the I great man, if you could. Blue Schema? Yes. I'm you did sc- look distracted for the last couple of minutes. I'm and sorry. I think you were deep in, deep in the scheme zone. I am scheming <laughs> in the scheme zone and I don't want to leave. You don't need to rescue me. I'll be here all night. <laughs> I'm on Blue Schema's Wikipedia page. Early life and education. This is all it says. The opening line is... Schema was the son of a German Jew who, according to family legend, had to leave Germany in the early 1920s after punching a young Adolf Hitler oh, in 1921 or 1922. Schema's dad punched Hitler? <laughs> yeah, Schema's dad punched Hitler. And then Holy he was shit. born six years later in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1928. Oh, wow. Penguin country. Penguin country. So, Oh, my that? God. That's awesome. <laughs> the family thinks that his dad yeah, punched Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Because I don't think Hitler would hold grudges, would he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's wild. Oh, that's uh, that's elevated this whole episode up a, a notch or two, I reckon. Absolutely. Well played. Thanks for cutting in with that, Dave. Now, where can people find you? Obviously, you got the Book Cheat podcast. We do the Do Go On podcast together. You're on the upcoming episode of Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. Yes, we're, we've, we're doing them all. Uh, I'm doing the, the tour. The full circuit. Doing the full circuit. Because you're really, you're doing all these pods. You're getting the word out about this fantastic new show that I've just seen uh, three times over the last few days. I don't know if we mentioned it before, but we're in Adelaide. Oh, yes, we're in Adelaide. Adelaide Fringe. Adelaide Fringe. We've just finished up our mini run here. We did three shows each. And uh, loved your show, by the way. 
I loved your show, by the way. Yeah, people should absolutely check them both out at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival starting at the end of March 2023. I'm doing 14 shows. You're doing 22. So, plenty of... Nice round number. Plenty of opportunities to catch us. And my show is called Even Hotter in Real Life. It's on the first two weeks of the Comedy Festival from March 27 at 6.35pm. Very specific time for a very specific show. Even Hotter in Real Life, like I said, at Campari House. That's the next bit I need to say. It's a fantastic show and a fantastic way to spend an evening. Thank you. Uh, And if you want to see my show, it's called Ding. And (laughs) it is on at the Chinese Museum at 6.30 o'clock. A fantastic time to uh, see a show and then have a little dinner after oh, or before. Exactly. Up to you. The comedy hour. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and they can, if you want to find primates, you can, uh, yeah, we're on social media at Primates Pod uh, on most of the main ones. And there's a link below if you have any comments or questions for future episodes. It's kind of come out a little sporadically, but Dave, you and I, we've got a couple of uh, triptych ideas coming up. Firstly, we're going to try and get through. The um, Indiana Jones movies, although there's four of those. I don't know how many, if monkeys are in all of them, but hopefully there are. And we're also thinking about doing a spin-off show, which we haven't figured out a name for yet, but we want to do the three big Nicolas Cage movies from 1996. Six last seven. And we watched one of them last night, Con Air. Mm, Oh, God. And we're also looking at Face Off. And, of course, The Rock. The Rock. This will be some sort of uh, primate spin-off because we, we really wanted there to be, but there were no monkeys in it. We were scanning the background of every shot just in case. So this might be much like uh, Getting Fruity with Matt and the Boys. Maybe we'll do a show called, um, you know, just uh, despite all my rage, I'm still just a fan Nicholas of Nicolas Cage. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think we just stumbled upon it. <laughs> That's great. There it is. Log right, it in. Log it in. So we're going to try and do those coming up, but it'll just be depending on when we can find some time. But if you have any other suggestions for anything at all, yeah, there's links in the show notes uh, to a form where you can fill out and ask me questions or, or whatnot. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me here in the Monkey House, Dave. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. And as we always say here at Primates Podcast, let's go Ghostbusters! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 